la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Action, action, the podcast that watches every fucking action movie. We put them on a great big list. We're ranking these things as we go. I am Dustin, and I'm joined, of course, as always, by my co-host, James. Oh, yeah. And uh, we are part of the BFOP network. And uh, we're going to get into some some Death Wish 3 in a minute here. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how you doing, James? What's what's going on? What are we, what are we doing here? I'm doing pretty good, you know... Um you know, I've been up to some stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stuff, Yeah, right? doing things. Nice, nice. Um, you know, we're recording a lot in a compressed time frame, so I don't have a whole lot to share. But uh, I did watch the movie you recommended, uh, Bottoms. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The comedy there. Um, and it was quite enjoyable. Yeah, you liked it? Yeah, it was funny. It's, it so, was, it's so goofy. It's so goofy and weird, but it's... Um, what I really enjoyed is, uh, what can I relate it to? It's like, Dustin, you strike me as a, a fashionista. Oh, definitely. Um, is it, is the, it's the assless chaps, I assume. That uh, oh, well, don't even. <laughs> with the rhinestones. Don't even get me on assless chaps. Aren't <laughs> they just called chaps? Like, that's the whole thing. Aren't chaps just. Here we go. Why do you have to say assless? I'm sorry I brought it up. (laughs) Okay. Anyways. Okay. Uh, You know, fashion week, you know, you know, they got these weird, you know, exaggerated shoulders and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be like what fashion is, but exaggerated. And like in this movie, it's, you have all these stereotypes, but they're exaggerated, right? Like the football team wears all the football gear (laughs) all all the the time. time. Like, I love it. (laughs) I just, it's so funny to me. Yeah, everything's like heightened to this funny, weird level. And especially like at the conclusion of the movie, like I don't, I won't go into it, but like yeah. it gets really silly. Yeah, but, uh, it gets really silly. So it's funny. It was, yeah, it was quite enjoyable. Definitely recommend. Nice. Um, and that's about it, really. Yeah. Um, Not too much watching. Not gotta, too much gotta watching. Got to save some of the, for the other episodes we're recording. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, well, I did watch a few things myself. I watched uh, the Royal Rumble. We just had that Royal Rumble for from the non-controversial WWE company. Uh huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nothing going on over there, so don't look it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, the uh, I watched the Rumble. I watch the Rumble always because it's usually one of the more fun events uh, for me every year. Um, this one wasn't, wasn't the greatest. I thought the women's rumble, you know, they've done, been doing a women's rumble and a men's rumble match now for, I don't know, five, six years, something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I thought the women's one was actually really good this year. That one is a fun match. I thought you said it was good last year too. It might have been, yeah. Um, the women's one was like well paced and it yeah. told, told some stories mm-hmm. in the, well, during the course of the match and uh, had some fun spots and all that, some fun surprise entrance and right. everything. And then the men's one was just like so boring, so flat. Nothing exciting happened. It's because you have the American Nightmare in there. Oh, well, he won the whole thing two years in a row. Oh, my God. First person to win two in a row since uh, Stone Cold in the late 90s. So What a fucking loser. He is... <laughs> you hate this guy so much. He is no Stone Cold, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, he's not Stone Cold. I don't hate him like I, you do. I hate him. I, I just think, yeah, people want him to be like the fucking star, the super top. And I, I get it. People like him for I mean, some fucking reason. I mean, he is right now. Reason. I think he's an idiot. <laughs> I Came down to him and CM Punk because the last two in the match... And uh, he tossed he tossed old Punker over the <laughs> over the ropes there. Now Punk was supposed to have a big match at WrestleMania, but tore that tricep in the Rumble match, so he's out again. Uh, what he's- a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> it, like, <laughs> I think what happened was, you know, he took off like seven years when he quit wrestling and he walked out of WWE. Right. Uh, I think his body just can't hack it anymore no everyone gets older and of course but like i think the guys who kept doing it all along Mm -hmm. their bodies are like conditioned to it yeah and you know you take hard these hard bumps and everything punk he just man he just keeps getting injured like everything he does so i don't know but anyway there you go cody rhodes was your winner uh that's brutal like that's so (laughs) lame crowd loved it why okay what is so appealing about this guy well i will say he's extremely well spoken and in fact they did like a press conference after the event and like him and triple h who is like in head head of creative there now Mm -hmm. and stuff and one of the ceo people they were both interviewed and they were like both were asked about the vince mcmahon shit and cody rhodes had a much better answer and best much better spoken answer than triple h did triple h was like oh well it's just been a great week for us we just had a netflix deal blah blah and just like <laughs> glossed over everything uh-huh. <laughs> i was like jesus really like just the company kind of line stuff but uh anyway I, he, he's got a baby face appeal i can see it i've never loved him but uh, i don't know he's he's good on the mic i don't know he's he people i think take him uh i don't know what he was not doing in aew but in wwe he's like coming across more authentically somehow i don't know but i don't know how it's possible <laughs> i yeah. think he's well just i didn't a, like what he was doing in aew either i was like come on man like this sucks but for some reason it's working in wwe whatever <laughs> like screw this guy yeah uh, i i hear wwe's going to netflix next well rise yeah i'm on it rise oh raw and then i think the network in other countries will be on Netflix as well because in America it's already on Peacock. Right. But we don't have Peacock. So uh, I think in other countries it'll be on Netflix, like the, all the other con, the old content and stuff. Right. So hmm. crazy. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and then I, uh, I watched all three episodes that have come out of Monsieur Spade. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. So what do you think? I'm enjoying that. First, I was like, this is a little slow. Right. First episode took a little while to, to hook me in, but, uh, you know, it's a slow burn. Yeah. But Clive Owen, you know, he's great. Uh, start to really like, like him the way he's playing the character by even by the end of the first episode. Yeah. His interactions with the French cops and stuff are really good. 
Um, yeah. I, so, so his interaction with, um, I guess he's the chief in town. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, with the, well, let's just say inspector with the inspector. I like that because it's like classic old timey. You have like, he's like a friend, but also frenemy. <laughs> yeah. A frenemy, right. Yeah. Combative. Yeah. But then you have like, the dumbass uh, sidekick yeah. cop, <laughs> yeah. right? His brother. I love, I love that dynamic. Um, it's great. And the fact that he can't speak English is makes it even yeah. better. <laughs> he pisses him off all the time. Um, but I really enjoy uh, what Scott Frank has done with the Sam Spade uh, character. Because like within the first episode you like completely stip, uh, strip away all this like masculinity and like how tough he is by having a doctor stick his finger up his butt <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like, but then he still has him be tough when it's needed. And I know, but scenes like, but it's like all this questioning of like, Oh, I've heard stories about you. Are they even true? Right. Right. There's some kind of myth about him or whatever. So it's kind of, I, I like it. it. It's building it up. Like, I don't know. Is it true? Like, let's see. Yeah, and a weird, uh, kind of a weird mystery too. It's very so, weird. Yeah. So I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, interested to see where that goes. But yeah, I'm liking it so far. Uh, a couple movies I did watch. Um, one was Ghost Story, which was a 1981 horror movie. Uh, this was based on a novel by a guy named Peter Straub, mm-hmm. who died last year. Actually, got it's up there on my bookshelf the pile of his other books uh really love the book so the movie had kind of a lot to live up to it has some really cool like you know rotten corpse effects and practical effects and stuff in it mm-hmm. um it's really a wintry horror story and but i don't know it's just kind of something weird about the movie it didn't really come together for me a lot of lot to try to put into one two-hour movie uh it's not even two hours but um it's got it's got all these old timey guys like Fred Astaire, Melvin Douglas, Douglas Fairbanks, and John Houseman are like these main characters. It's because in the book is about these old men who have like a kind of a club where they get together. Something terrible had happened with them in their past, and it's kind of still haunting them to this day. Mm-hmm. And one of their sons gets involved. Um, not terrible, but can't say I loved it either. Right. Uh, last thing I'll mention is. Leading into today's movie, I decided I would watch another canon Charles Bronson film <laughs> called Murphy's Law. This is from, okay. the, following, from the following year, from Death Wish 3, 1986. Uh, this was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, it was directed by Jay Lee Thompson, who he's done a few of these Charles Bronson flicks like this. Uh, he did uh, 10 to Midnight. Oh, he also directed Death Wish 4. The Evil That Men Do, Kinjate Forbidden Subjects, which is a fucking wild movie. So, But he did a lot of these canon Bronson, later Bronson movies. And uh, this one was pretty fun, too. It's like he he's a cop. He's a total drunk. Um, somebody starts killing people. Somebody kills his wife, his ex-wife, mm-hmm. and her boyfriend. And he is framed for it. And so he breaks out of jail with this uh girl who had tried to steal his car earlier in the movie 
She's hilarious in it. She like has all these insults that she slings constantly at him. They're like handcuffed together, so it's like one of those right. things. And she's calling him like snot rag and dildo face <laughs> and butt crust okay, and all this nice. kind of weird, like a Bart Simpson almost kind of uh-huh. <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> it's a fun. It's a fun movie. And then like when you find out who the killer is, it's, it gets even weirder and and more fun. It's uh, I won't say what in case people want to watch it. It's out there. It's on Tubi, but um. I'm going to check it out. It's got a weird killer and it goes in a weird direction that you don't expect because at first you think he's after these mob guys, but it, it gets weirder after that. Right. Okay. But uh, yeah, so Charles Bronson time. So let's get into today's film. We are talking about the canon classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Death Wish 3. We're skipping Death Wish 2, going straight to Death Wish 3. Let's hear a trailer. Charles Bronson. Wish three. First, they took the streets. Then, they took it all. But their next target yeah. may be their last victim. Charles Bronson, where there is no justice, there can only be vengeance. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 3. Now playing. Consult your listings. All right. So, Death Wish 3, 1985, directed by Michael Winner. This stars, of course, Charles Bronson, Deborah Raffin, Ed Lauder, Martin Balsam, Gavin O'Herlihy, Kirk Taylor. Alex Winter is in this thing. Uh, yeah, so a canon film. Now, personally, this is one of my favorite canon films. Mm-hmm. Uh it's when I watch a canon movie, this is what I want it to be every time, this kind of thing. Why is it your favorite? You just like killing people? Oh, yeah. I love killing people. <laughs> love seeing people killed. All about guns and, you know, oh, you know cleaning yeah. up the town. Yeah, you got to clean up the streets, <laughs> get rid of this riffraff. Uh, well, we'll get into all that. But, James, had you seen this movie before? So, I have seen it before. Uh, oh, hi. Yeah. Yeah. So... This is the one that I, uh, I've seen, like, I think I've seen it like twice before this, Oh wow! but, um, the other death wishes I, I didn't see like the first one I never right. saw until we did it on the podcast. Um, and you know, I think it was early on and I just kind of glazed over it, mm-hmm. this one. Uh, I can't remember how I even came across it because I can't imagine this being on TV. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it was something like that. I don't think it was on TV, but it was something just kind of on. And that's how I watched it. But uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm sub- I didn't know you had watched this one before. Um, yeah, this is when the series kind of takes a more fun quote-unquote turn because the first movie is pretty grim yeah and uh kind of murky in its political views and stuff and the second movie is kind of just like let's do the first movie again except in la right and it's also pretty grimy and not that this movie is without its um you know i know you know uh, offensive violence and stuff but but this one is more like just crazy so then it kind of feels not as I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, so this one, I don't know. Is there is there political undertones in this one? I mean, no. I feel like it moves more solidly into the like. Okay, we already know that this Paul Kersey character from the first two movies, 
he what he we know what he's about he you know he, in the first movie he was like sort of a pacifist guy right his wife and daughter are like raped and murdered and then he goes around and just shoots criminals he doesn't even like really shoot the guys that killed killed them because he doesn't know who they are he just kills right. he just kills any like criminal people that he comes across in right. new york city um and then second movie similar setup he has a new girlfriend he's living in la with a i think a different identity and then uh and then she is of course raped and murdered and then he goes on another thing killing and it, and, and that one's kind of i pr- almost prefer it to the first one just because it's like the fun sleazy la 80s mm-hmm. uh, backdrop but this one he's back in new york he's back back in the big yeah apple here um and I love this version of New York. You know, we just talked about the crow with the gr- the gross yeah, city. The grime. This one is like a lot of daylight, but it's still like looks like a fucking war zone. And the, and the, and the difference here is that that was a set in the crow, or or like you know using specific right. streets and alleys and stuff. This is like this, this is, is a whole neighborhood. This is real. That this is, is like this was this really existed, <laughs> early eighties <laughs> New York City. We're talking about they're living in these buildings. That are like falling apart. There's trash everywhere. There's all these fucking, of course, the movie, they've got all these punk wasteoid characters everywhere. Yeah. But also, there's like, I don't know, um, there's like dirt streets to where these apartments live are. Well, like, that's not even paved. That's the thing. Like, I'm, I was trying to like look at the building because there's the one building that, um, that he's staying in. Yeah. Right, which has the dirt road out front. Yeah, and I'm just trying to like look on like how this is all laid out, and it's not making sense to me, like why it would be laid out in this particular way. But it's just like there is so much for you to look at. Yeah, with the grime and the abandoned cars <laughs> and all this graffiti shit, graffiti and-, and stuff. That at some point I'm like. I'm pretty sure this stuff is just there. It's like, just there. It's not it, even like production stuff. It's just there's no way it's production stuff, or else whoever did the, all this graffiti on the job. wall, they did an amazing job, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I think that's true. I feel like, or at least it feels like, hey, let's just go to the slums and shoot a shoot a movie kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we have Paul Kersey. He's back in New York. He's going to visit an old buddy of his. Um, right when the movie starts, it doesn't waste any time. Yeah, he's like phoning his buddy on the on the phone from the airport, but he's not answering because right at that moment he's being like mugged and beat up by this these gang, this gang of. I like this idea. This guy, like, okay, yeah, we're in the third movie, so this guy, we don't need to know anything. We just need to get right into it. Just go. Let's just get. That's the canon so, way. Yeah, it's just like he instantly lands, and it's like, of course, he's visiting his buddy, and he has to die, right? And then this propels the whole story, and uh, I like that he gets arrested for his right. murder, right? right? Right off the bat, because he shows up as the guy die, his friend dies. Yeah, the punks are gone already, and, the, and throughout the movie, the cops are always like trying to hassle like the old people that live in the building who aren't criminals and like you well, know they want you to be as like mad about the situation as possible right yeah so like talking about that for a minute where they the two cops come and they're like yeah we need the gun there was a complaint about your gun right and it's like okay so are these cops on the take then i don't think it's that they're on the take i think well i mean it could be but i think my impression is that 
uh, they don't want to face the gang members and, and try to bust them for anything because they'll get murdered. So they just go and like they're being pressured from above. Like you got to make arrests in this neighborhood. You got to like take people down, whatever. And so they're just like, oh, well, let's, you know, it'll, we can hassle the old people and they're not going to do shit. But if we if we come up against the gang they're just gonna like slaughter us fucking typical cops <laughs> not even earning their damn paychecks <laughs> but yeah when he comes in and gets arrested and then he's taken to the police station and they're just like beating the shit yeah. out of him in a chair and stuff love, love it that's <laughs> awesome and then ed louder comes in he's playing like the the chief or whatever in this movie inspector richard schreiker uh and they like he like beaks off to him, so then he just like smacks him in the face and like punches him. <laughs> it's like he's like, you don't got any rights. You got whatever rights I say you got. It's just like classic. Uh, but but he kind of like does this weird about face right away where he throws. He knows who he is. He recognizes him from when he was yeah. in New York, and he throws him in jail in the jail. And right away, Bronson gets in a fight with the guy, um, and then we meet. The gang leader, the guy that's going to oh, turn man. out to be the leader of the punks. His hairstyle yeah. is Fra- awesome. Freaker. Freaker. Yeah, Gavin O'Hurley. He, he is so awesome in this. He, he's awesome. He's a perfect guy to be this role. And yeah, you got the, instead of, the, it's like the reverse mohawk, like the shaved strip down the middle. I, I love, so first of all, they have like this awesome symbol on their forehead. But I love how for him... He has the the shaved hair, uh, reverse mohawk, like you said, down his whole head. And then he's got the red, red line stripe, yeah. continues. It's just like, it's like, you're such a doofus, but like, I love it. He's a perfect creep, though. Like, he is. He's got these great looks throughout the movie where the camera will like go on him and he'll just like do something crazy with his face or his eyes or whatever, yeah. like a given intense look at the camera and stuff. Yeah. Um, he's just perfect as the, as the leader of these creeps. But so he's in the cell with Bronson and, uh, he's like, I want to move on that guy in the corner. And then like, you know, I guess he's got a few guys in the jail with him and they, they start beating up uh, Charles Bronson and he gets in a good shot on him. Right. And then, but then the, they're like, Hey, Fraker, you're you're out, man. He's like, if I if I was in here still, I would have killed you. He's like, I don't I don't lose or something. What does he say? I always win. Something. I always win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then it turns out like I guess he's got a squeaky clean record. Yeah, somehow he's <laughs> wait, how does he have a squeaky clean record and he's in the jail right now? I, I don't know, but like they don't really go into it very much because you don't really need to, but um so he's the leader of this gang. He obviously must have to answer to like a higher organization, I would assume, because with him with the lawyer and always having money to pay him off, yeah. it just seems like way too organized for him. Which is funny because they don't seem like the organized type of gang, really. Like That's what I mean. Like yeah. he must have to, like he right. must be a, like a lower level boss. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. Which makes sense because later in the movie he makes a call to get more guys sent to his neighborhood right. that he can use. Yeah. So yeah, I guess he is part of some network of something, some kind. But I don't know. This is cause he even says like, Oh, if you want to find me, this is my area yeah, yeah. of the city. Come find me. Just so happens to be the area. The, that yeah. Of course. It works in. out perfectly. <laughs> um, 
so when then Ed Lauder comes to him, even after like giving him all this shit and like punching him and stuff in the face, then he's like, "All right, I'm gonna put you on the streets, but you work for me." He's like, he's basically like telling him, "Go out there and kill these scumbags because I need the area cleaned up, and my cops aren't gonna do it." And this is what's so great about this movie because it's like, yeah, um, so the city is such like scumbag, dirty. You got all these criminals. But the cops are just as bad. Like, yeah, or at, least is, or at least inept. Like, we don't get into we don't get any real scenes of like the cops are dirty, which I'll, I mean I would assume that, you know some of them are, but it doesn't really have scenes about showing that. It's more just like they are ineffectual. They're really bad at what at their jobs. You know, they're like, listen, we have to follow the rules. We can't do that. Yeah. Um, so then Bronson goes back to the neighborhood. He meets uh, Martin Balsam's character. Martin Balsam, by the way, a, a real actor from real movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like fucking Psycho, 12 Angry Men, Breakfast at Tiffany's, All the President's Men, like all these real movies. Um, taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. Uh, he's like living in the building. He's like, you know, there's some people that live here that are like seniors or just like people who don't have money to move away kind of thing yeah they're just regular people yeah and so they're kind of under siege from this terrible punk gang and uh he makes friends with this guy right away this guy was friends with his friend that he had been coming to visit yeah um and so he starts kind of getting the lay of the land from him and mm-hmm. figuring out who's who and what's going on. And like, oh, well, there's that guy is the giggler. We, we oh, meet the giggler. I fucking love the giggler. <laughs> <laughs> One of the gang members who, you know, does these like snatch and run, kind of grab a purse and run the street. And every time he does it, he like starts giggling. <laughs> Fuck. I love when he actually finally blows him away. And then after the gang's all hanging out. <laughs> And the one guy's like, they killed the giggler. They killed the giggler. They killed the giggler. <laughs> and he says that a couple times, and it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. And also, I love the neighborhood reaction to the giggler getting, they're like, like, yeah. He's gunned down in the street. <laughs> and then they're just like, yeah. Like, they're throwing a fucking block party. Because <laughs> he does this to everybody. He just, yeah, like, exactly. snatches their shit. Um, <laughs> but... The way that stuff really starts popping off with the gang is like, first he meets this like older Jewish couple that live downstairs. I love that they live in the fucking basement of this apartment. Did you notice that? <laughs> no. <laughs> they, I thought it was just the first he, like, floor. He goes down the stairs oh. when he comes in to go down to oh. their like under <laughs> underground apartment. Okay. Uh, this is a lovely building that they're living in. Yes. Um, and he's having a nice dinner with them. But he, meanwhile, has gone and he's bought a car from a used car lot. And then he's parked it out front. Bait. And the guy's like, yeah, what, why, what are you doing? And he's like, that's bait. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, he hears them breaking into it. He's like, excuse me. <laughs> he like stands up from the dinner. <laughs> goes outside. These guys are like breaking into the car, stealing the stereo and stuff. And he's like, what's the problem? And they're like, we're stealing this car. What the fuck, man? What do you care? <laughs> what He's you like, care? it was my car. <laughs> and they're like, well, fuck off or you're going to die kind of thing. And he just pulls out his gun, very nonchalant. Yeah. Shoots them both dead and then just leaves their bodies laying in the street and goes back inside. And he's like, that's a mess. I'm sending a message. <laughs> that's the thing with Bronson, like in this movie, he has no emotion, <laughs> yeah. like none. Well, they're not paying him enough to have emotion. I mean, that's a whole other level. <laughs> I know, but it's just like, it's so funny because he's like, 
the exact same the whole movie. Yeah. And like, even when you have that horrible love interest thing where you're like, <laughs> you're like, okay, obviously the woman's going to die. Like, why the fuck would she? Every movie. Why the fuck would she take a taxi out to yeah. ask him out? Like, it's so stupid. Yeah. It, so that's his, um, his lawyer is like provided lawyer, yeah. court provided lawyer. And she's like trying to get him to sue the cops when she gets him out at the beginning. So I love, like, I find it hilarious when she dies because, <laughs> because, you know, like he goes in to pick up mail and, you know, the gang like punches her, knocks her out and then puts it in a neutral, rolls it down the it hill. Rolls down the street. It crashes. It crashes, blows up. Bronson runs down the street, it blows up, and he just looks, and he looks, and then he <laughs> looks back, and then it's just kind of like, yeah, well, fuck you, it. You didn't get the real like, melancholy there? It's <laughs> just like, well, this has just happened to me so many times. I mean, he's just like, he's yeah. Numb. He's numb to it. <laughs> like, I mean, it would have been better if he was like, fuck, stupid. Of course they were going to do this. Yeah, you well, think I would learn. You think I would learn by now. <laughs> Every every woman in my life is brutally killed. At least they didn't rape this one first, like in the first two movies. Or he should have said, listen, I'm not interested. You know, everyone I get in a relationship with dies. Yeah, that would have been the realistic way to go. Or he's, but he's a, immediately interested. And in, like she's like, I, she wants to go out on a date with him for some reason, even though he's like 65 years old or something. Yeah. And uh, they have like one date and then the next date they have sex. I know. <laughs> It's, cl- it's that's classic. How, that's how it works. It's classic stuff. Uh, I love. She's like, "You want to come over? I'm gonna make chicken." He's like, "Chicken's good." <laughs> it's so funny. It's so. And then uh, yeah, she's like, "Oh, I like sports. I like watching football, basketball." And he's like, "I like the opera." <laughs> oh, and she's like, and really? then she's like thrown off by that, and he's like, "Just kidding." <laughs> <laughs> It's such a funny role, a weird role uh, for her. I mean, I I guess they try to give her a little personality, which is more than you can say for some of these kind of movies, but she doesn't have a lot to do before she's unceremoniously (laughs) murdered. And that should just be like, we're really throwing, stoking the fires for vengeance at this point. But it's like you're saying, it's just kind of like, okay, one more, one more reason I got to kill these fucking guys. I mean, he was already going to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. He was already. Right. So it's not like. Now we really want him to kill them. Yeah. But it's not like. It's just the canon formula. You know, you got to have these things. I know. But a typical formula would be, okay, all the stuff happens at the beginning. He meets the girl, you know, the leader's like, oh, okay, well, I know how I'm going to get back at him. He's going to kill the, the girlfriend. And the whole time, he just keeps saying, listen, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get involved. You know, I've been down this road. I don't mm-hmm. want to get involved, right? And then, of course, he has to get involved. Yeah. But no, it's he shows up, and he's ready to wipe ready. all these people out. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, like, you know what I mean? That's why, that's why the relationship doesn't fucking matter. You don't need it. No, because yeah. It's just one more thing. He's just on in. a rampage. But it is funny. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I, I don't think it's intentionally funny, no, but it is no. funny. It is though when you're watching this kind of movie and and all the like you see them hitting all the beats that they think they need to hit kind of thing. Uh, this is one of those movies where um they're not intentionally trying to be funny at anything really. It, it's played straight the whole movie. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit. Like, he, he's got, you know, he's got some one-liners after he kills yeah. some guys. And yeah. there's a little bit of I, stuff, but I not much. I guess, not much. Yeah. I mean, I would have upped the ante, like... <laughs> I you mean, always would. <laughs> I mean, you just got to lean into it. But, you know, part of the charm of like these types of movies is how straight they play it, but how mm-hmm. ridiculous yes, it is. Absolutely. Right. Um, so th- there's a thing to be said for that, which makes it somewhat more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it, uh, what it comes down to a lot for this kind of thing for me. Like that's it's hitting a sweet spot in that <laughs> area. Right? Yeah. Um, so we have him he gets he gets his gun that he in the mail <laughs> he sets uh, up a post oh, yeah. box post uh, box I, i'm um, waiting for whatever yeah. wilson to, wilson or whatever the, whatever Wil, wilkie or whatever the name is and he's like my friend my friend is coming and they keep thinking like there's some guy coming to help him he's really fast yeah <laughs> and then, him. yeah and then it comes in the mail and it's just like hand cannon this like ridiculous huge gun and someone's like oh isn't that just like a whatever 44 magnum which i think is the dirty harry gun right and it has to be like it has to be better than that right right right. so it's like no this one fires like rounds that for killing big game or something it's like this ridiculous handgun i wonder what john what i thought of this lovely gun i mean it's not practical. No. At all. It's clunky. He drops it. He drops it at one yeah, point. The fir- one of the first times he's using it, he drops it. Right. Which is just kind of like uh, a good example of why it just doesn't make sense. But I get it. You want to. It looks great. And I like how he's like, yeah, these bullets, it blows people up. Yeah. It, like as soon as it hits, tears them apart. Like sweet. Uh, he uses it on the giggler. And then. I think they, like the that giggler. scene you were saying where they're like, man, the giggler, he killed the giggler. They killed the giggler. And uh, Gavin O'Hurley, his character is like, man, they had no right to do that. No right. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. somehow he's like righteously angry. <laughs> <laughs> like the giggler never did anything to anybody. <laughs> he was one of the top nicest guys you could ever meet. All he wanted to do was giggle. He's <laughs> <laughs> got his giggles. Um so they go after Bronson and uh, they got like, he's makes him chase him, like follow him. Yeah. Fraker makes him follow him. Uh, I like that scene where he's like, keeps pausing and like turning back to watch him. And like, all right, now I'm going in between this in these alleys. I mean, it's obvious. Like, what are you doing? Of course, Bronson? it's a setup. Obvious. It's a setup. Um, and immediately, yeah, like he gets tackled and like drops his gun in the pile of garbage in the alley. Uh, and so then he's like, gotta be running and, Having a little chase with these I'm guys. I'm surprised he went back and found it. It would have been better. Yeah, he just walks back and finds it. It yeah. would have been better if the main villain got it. Yeah, and, and even though I'd seen the movie before, I was that's what I was thinking was going to happen. Even rewatching it, I was like, oh yeah, he's going to pick up the gun. Nope. Yeah, no, he gets it back. Um, <laughs> he goes and he is able to take out these guys. Like he's so old at this point, and he's just able to like kill these young dudes without much too much trouble like he's always just give him a sock yeah there you go socko yeah (laughs) bang yeah you're down (laughs) but yeah he's just able to like beat up these much younger more athletic punks and stuff i mean i buy it because he's just like a trained assassin of some kind He's so tough. He's not a trained assassin. He was an architect <laughs> in the first movie. Oh, was he? And a, and a, I don't know. I thought he was a military guy. And a, a soft liberal, you know. 
A soft liberal. That was his character in the first film. Um, a now soft, he's just okay, a killer so wait, of men. He was a soft liberal that turns to like, like hard right. Yeah, he realizes you gotta like, you can't fuck around with these people. You gotta just kill them. Kill them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So yeah. He gets in a fight. He's able to. He ends up on the roof. And that one guy chases him, and he like tosses him off. Uh, we didn't mention Alex Winter. He's one of the gang members that that is uh, Bill from Bill and Ted's yeah. Excellent Adventure, and he's gone on to be a filmmaker himself. He makes like documentaries and oh, stuff. Okay. And he made this really awesome movie in the '90s called Freaked. That is just crazy. It's got Keanu in it too, actually. Hmm. Um. But yeah, he's just like I think he just did a documentary about YouTube or something. He he does a bunch of interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. He's a really cool. smart guy, but uh, it's funny to see him here just as one of those scuzzy. Well, he's like one of one of the three of the main uh, guys, other than the the main villain. Yeah, the um, Fraker. Yeah, he's always hanging out with the giggler. Yeah, <laughs> on the street. Um, but then there's the other people in the building too. Like there's like the Hispanic guy and his young wife that that Bronson saves when she gets attacked in a scene in the parking garage and stuff. Yeah, and then she gets raped. She, and then murdered. she gets raped and murdered because somebody's got to get raped and murdered in these movies. I, this is where I found it funny. Like, but on the phone, I was told it was just a broken arm. <laughs> yeah, it's the weirdest what? scene. <laughs> what? Yeah. So now she's dead. Yeah, it's like. Bronson's like, oh, it sounds like she's going to be okay. Like, let's go down to the hospital. And he drives the guy down there. And then they're like, oh, sorry, Mr. Rodriguez. She's dead. <laughs> From <laughs> like, a broken he's arm? Like, he's like, I was told on the phone it was a broken arm. <laughs> he's like, yeah, some blood clots <laughs> developed and went to her heart. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, man. So amazing. Like, so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Uh, so there's another one. Let's throw one more. But, but. I think, you know, it's we almost get like a Magnificent Seven thing here by the end of the movie where the neighborhood comes together to fight back. Totally. Um, well, it's, it's, it's very much a Western. Yeah, yeah. Right. Comes um, into town and, yeah. Comes into, stranger comes into town, town overrun by, you know, a gang and... Nobody's willing to do anything about it. Exactly. So. For sure. Uh, and of course, Bronson, a lot of experience with Westerns. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and here's the thing, like, Obviously, he was in a lot of classic movies back in the day, like in the 60s and stuff, and war movies, westerns. Yeah. Those are better movies, a lot of those, you know, yeah. Once Upon a Time in the West and The Dirty Dozen and all these things. But this might be my favorite Bronson movie because it's just so much. <laughs> it's it's just, a lot. <laughs> um, and as we get like to the end, it just like goes insane. But I'm just trying to think if there's any other really good moments of things that happened before that. Because there's a lot of incidences of him going in and, and taking out one or two of them here and there kind of thing. Picking them off. Yeah, I mean, I like all these little booby traps he sets up uh, with the nail sticking oh, out. Oh, yeah, the boards. Or yeah. the boards. And this like the two front teeth are yeah. stuck in the board. <laughs> Those are teeth. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Yeah, that stuff's good, and that that even comes into play in the in the final sequence too. One of those traps, because I think he teaches like the neighborhood people to do it themselves yeah. and stuff. Um, and then you know, I love the neighbor people are just like, "We're fucking sick of this." 
they've all got themselves a gun because they need to to protect themselves from these scuzz buckets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah but like frake the fraker character he just acts with like complete impunity like he doesn't think anything is could possibly happen to him or his gang yeah at any point they're like they're just allowed to do whatever the fuck they want but they start really fucking with the neighbors and like trashing their stores they throw a bunch of like what do they throw in that guy's hardware store windows like grenades or like Um, molotovs they they throw some molotov cocktails like into uh into Bennett's uh, yeah. taxi, taxi shop. Taxi shop. <laughs> the editing in this movie is so funny too because it does. It just doesn't. It's very choppy. It's like we just cut to Bennett reacting to his taxi yeah. stand blowing up. There's no like preamble like, oh, we heard somebody threw a bomb in there or something, or we don't even see them throw the things. No, it's, it's just, just like fire. boom, and he's like, "That's my cab stand. That's my cab stand." <laughs> <laughs> I love all that stuff. Um. But Bennett gets like they beat him up and they uh, don't they throw him off like the fire escape and yeah, kick he, the shit out of him. He tries to use uh, the machine gun. That oh was, yeah, that was uh, Bronson's buddy was hiding these. He had these machine guns. Well, yeah, he has this huge like Arsenal. gun that you're supposed to set up with like. Like a, a tripod, yeah, yeah, turret thing. It's not something that you carry around unless you're Rambo. Yeah, unless you're course, Arnold or something. Right. But, you know, 70-year-old Bronson carrying that thing around in this movie. I mean, I love it when, yeah, so he's shooting the gun and then... Uh, yeah, yeah, the Hispanic guy is like carry, carrying the bullets. Like, so that in they, a box. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. That part's great. That's when the shit really hits oh, the yeah. fan because they... I can't remember if Bronson comes back from. I think they come back from the hospital after his wife is killed and and the, or just dies from her broken arm. <laughs> and he, he's all in now. He's going to help Bronson like right. take the guys out and stuff. Um, yeah. So they have that huge machine gun that they're just walking around the neighborhood. Like they just pop out and they're like all the gang. There's a whole bunch of them out in the street. There's so many of them. And oh, I know. Uh, Especially when they he calls to get more people. Yeah, he's like, send in more. I need more heat. Like, I already thought that it already seemed like there was like 300 guys in this gang. I know. Like, there's that scene where he, when he first gets out of jail and he goes to like their their hideout, which is just some fucking derelict building. And then the one guy is like doing deals there. Yeah. Deals or stuff. Well, well, he's like, what did you bring me? And it's like, it's a bunch of like juveniles. That are like, look what I gotta watch. I gotta this. <laughs> yeah. I gotta. I'm like, this is what they're you gotta start raising them up. You know, young. You know, like <laughs> I know, but they're like twenty something year old. Like, it's yeah. like this is what you got. You gotta watch. You got like, come on. You need to get me more than this. Um, but that guy is like, oh, Fraker. We didn't know you'd be out so <laughs> soon. And uh, it seems like he's just doing the business that should be done while yeah, the guy's he's gone. Yeah, he's just continuing. But but Fraker is like. Pulls out a knife and kills him. Like, hey man, he's a leader. This is a pig sticker, and you're getting stuck or something like that. <laughs> this is a pig sticker. <laughs> but like, why is he mad at that guy? Just I guess because I guess he tried to take uh, over for something. How about you he and said, your boyfriend? <laughs> I think he says like, you told me to like run stuff while you were gone. And he's like, did I? <laughs> I don't know. I'm confused. Did you? I know, but that's like 80s villain. Like, yeah. like, that's perfect. There's no like reason for it. Just and then everyone else is like, yeah. Yeah, Frick was back. 
<laughs> Our friend is dead, but who cares? Who cares? Life is cheap. Leader, leader. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, he's blowing guys away. I love that the Hispanic guy has... He's got a shotgun that's like this, like bootleg. It's like a one shot. Fucking, yeah, yeah, it's like a one shot, like zip gun. It's like it's like two pieces of pipe, where you put together and it works like a shotgun somehow. It's like the most like ghetto gun I've ever seen, which I guess makes sense for this movie, right? I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, why doesn't Bronson give him like at least that little thirty-eight pistol or something to use? He leaves that at home in the sock in the sock drawer. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. has to go get it later. <laughs> It's like, I guess I didn't think I would need it when I had this giant machine gun and this giant right. hand cannon. Um, but this this scene, things just go wild. Like, he comes out with that thing, shoots like 20, 30 of them in a crowd. Yeah. And they all start running off. And then he's like, they're just like roaming through the streets, finding groups of them and blowing them away. Yeah. And then the whole town kind of gets in on it too then, right? Yeah, that's when they all start like, let's fight back. And they all start coming out like it, it's the classic, uh, like the bad guys are coming. Let's all go inside. Everyone closes all their doors, all their windows. Right. Yeah. Well, now is the time where everyone's opening their windows, opening he's, their doors. He's emboldened them. Yeah. So and like, they're like, no, this is our town. We killed the giggler. He killed the giggler. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, they got some spine here. Um, but this turns into like an all out war. Like the cops, they send cop cars in. The gang is shooting, having shootouts with the cops and with Bronson in different areas of this neighborhood. And like cars are getting blown up and just like shit is going nuts. Buildings are on fire. (laughs) It's like full blown. And that's when you get like the inspector uh, shows up. Yeah, yeah, he shows up to help and, him. And he just starts mowing people down, too. That's what he's always wanted to do. This is his dream. It is his dream, really. <laughs> because, like, Bronson's doing what he all wishes he could do. And now he's just like, one, he was living through Bronson. Yeah, but now, he was vicariously <laughs> living through him. But now he can, like, join in. I mean, it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, he seems so happy about it, too. He's just like, yes, this is the best getting the scum off the streets because at the end he's like I'll, I'll buy you some time you gotta get out of here yeah like lets him lets him run right um which is funny because the first meeting between them it seems like he's gonna be like the asshole that fucks with him through the whole movie yeah but then they just kind of quickly flip that immediately um yeah oh they brought they bring him in another time in the movie too he gets like they're like protective custody and they arrest him well, he uh, wants he wants um, he wants him to give him a bust or something to make it look good, right? Yeah, yeah. Which he isn't really. He's just going in and killing them. He's supposed yeah. to let let him know, like, oh, hey, send your guys down here and bust. But he's just like, no, just kill them all. <laughs> what does he say? He's like, uh, he's like, you know, he's like, no, there's no point. Like, once you start, they're like cockroaches. You gotta you gotta kill them all. Oh yeah. You- <laughs> Yeah, you definitely have that thread throughout the movie where he has to stomp on some cockroaches. Yeah. Um, it's just... <laughs> it's so good. Uh, uh, so anyway, I love seeing these all these punks get mowed down. I don't know if... We, do we actually see Alex Winter get killed? I don't I don't remember seeing him specifically. I don't die. remember seeing him. It feels like he should have had like a moment where we got to see him get killed. Yeah. Specifically. But um, they're mowing guys down. They run out of bullets for the big machine gun. Right. And so then Bronson switches to his giant fucking pistol and he's just 
going around. And I love that every one of these situations is kind of the same. He'll come around a corner. There'll be two or three guys. They'll all be shooting at him. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> He's not getting hit. And he takes his time. And yeah, he like and he squares aims, yeah. up. <laughs> and he aims. And then bang, bang. Like he just blows each one of them away. Yeah. I mean, it's classic, right? Like he he has no like hand-to-hand fighting skills. Yeah. Um, all he does is shoot. And he has endless bullets. Yeah. And it's just kind of... Well, he of, does run out of bullets, actually. He runs out of bullets for that gun eventually, too, because the sequence is kind of long. Like, it's like a 15, yeah. 20-minute war scene. That's true. It is full-on war. Yeah. Like, the streets are on fire. Fucking people getting mowed down Think everywhere. about how many bodies are there. Oh, and I love, like, Fraker goes to that one building, and, like, you know, like he's, we were talking about some of the people are fighting back, so, like... That one guy comes out of his door. Like one guy, punk comes, tries to go in a door, and as soon as he opens it, like the guy blows him away with a shotgun. And then Fraker and them, they like throw fire bombs in the guy, people's apartment, yeah. and they old people, and they like come running out on fire. I know. And then he just mows them down with an Uzi. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's like, why don't you die already? It's <laughs> uh, so good. It's just like oh, so over the top. I'm surprised they didn't have him like shooting children or something in this movie. <laughs> Because the other thing is that it's not really very gory. Like there are no. some squibs here and there. There's a lot of times where they don't even bother with squibs. Yeah, they're like so many guys are getting shot where we can't afford to like put them on all these guys. I do like the fight, like those people being on fire. Because I wasn't expecting that in yeah. this type of movie, but yeah. I was like, you know what? Props. <laughs> and he just mows them down with a his Uzi. With the thing. Yeah. Um, but there's another scene with the board where the guy tries to go into someone's house and the board is like a huge nail. It goes right into his forehead and yep. kills him and he falls backwards. There are some great fucking, and by great, I mean awful dummy falls oh, yeah. in this I, movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love all those falls because it's like, it's like the dummy just like starfishes and like the arms go straight. Yeah. And then it's just like some, you know, or it's like, like bent at the waist and it just falls like straight <laughs> down without moving at all. Like plump. <laughs> I like, kind of like it because it's just like that little bit of charm of like, yeah, sure. And you got to remember, we were watching these movies on VHS. We didn't have these fucking resolutions like right. we have now. Right. <laughs> you could get away with some of that <laughs> shit a lot easier. Uh-huh. Um, you just imagine that like they're setting all this up. They're like. It's not going to look real. Don't worry about it. It'll look real. <laughs> Nobody will notice. It's okay. There's too much going on. This shitty quality. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't really. No, not really. Um, so there's a bunch of more gang stuff. The cops are flying over with a helicopter and they're, you know, it's like the riots and the, we see the Jewish couple watching it on TV. Like, let's watch it on the news. <laughs> yeah. As it all takes place outside. Uh, but then Fraker sees uh, Charles Bronson running across the street and he like follows him and tries to like, he knows he's going back to his buddy's apartment. Right. Which we learn he's doing to go get the 38 out of the drawer because he's out of bullets right. and everything else. Like, you can't pick up a gun from one of these guys. I know, exactly. That he killed. Anyway, so silly. But then Ed Lauder's character comes to the cop and they're both there. Um, Fraker comes in through the window and Bronson shoots him a bunch of times and we're like, okay. And then, oh, no, Fraker's like, I got a bulletproof vest on just like you. (laughs) And he's got the drop on both of them. 
he's already shot uh, Ed Lauder's character. And they've got him propped in the chair. And he's like, you can't kill both of us. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he, like, turns to point the gun at him. And then Bronson <laughs> pulls oh, out a fucking rocket launcher from I behind the couch. I love it. And blows him away out the fucking front of the building. Like, imagine shooting a, a rocket launcher in a room like that. <laughs> I don't think anyone is going to live. No. That is amazing. Yeah. What a way to take out the bad guy. And I love how, so, like, after his, like, corpse is on the ground on fire... And then I guess his girlfriend, who's the leader now? I guess. Because <laughs> she comes over and the gang comes over and they're like, she kind of like puts her arms up like, whoa, whoa, we're, we're going to have peace. We're going to have peace. <laughs> she didn't say that, but it's. But that's basically yeah. what she's saying. It's so funny. And they're like, fine. And they like drop their chains and their clubs and whatever else. And yeah. And they leave. Bronson has saved the neighborhood. They see they first they come in they're like crying and they're like, oh no! Like how do they even know that it's Fraker? It's just a bunch of burning nothing out in the street. Yeah, the whole know. front of the building is blown out like from the top that floor. Yeah, and it's just his body is just like burning up whatever's left of it. I wonder what would be left of it when you're shot with a rocket from like five feet away. <laughs> It's, I like it. I oh, like I how it, it, it how it ends like that. It's great. Uh, I mean, that's the perfect use of a rocket launcher, in my opinion, in a, in a film. Totally. So, some interesting uh, trivia is, I guess, part of the like the establishing shots uh, are from New York in the beginning. Yeah. But most of the film was done in London. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, I did not know that. I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah. and Because uh, it looks like scuzzy New York City. Yeah. And apparently there was supposed to be a scene with Alex uh, Winter where Bronson was going to beat him up and hit him with a lead pipe, but Bronson basically didn't want to do it because... <laughs> he just didn't want to show up for shooting that day? No, he said, I can't hit this kid. He looks like a fucking choir boy. I'm going <laughs> to lose my audience. <laughs> oh, too baby-faced. Yeah, I guess. I don't know that anyone watching Death Wish 3 would have been offended by that. <laughs> well, so, like, was Death Wish 3 in theaters? Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure it had a theatrical release, yeah. Nice. I mean, I don't think it was bringing in money like Death Wish 1 was, but... Uh, right. But, you know, so what happened was, the original Death Wish was not a canon movie. It was, like, a bigger studio movie. Um, and then I think they picked up the rights somehow... And, you know, they made two, three, four, five. Yeah. Uh, four and five, by the way, also pretty fun, especially four. Um, so maybe one day we'll, we'll get around to right. those. But um, I do want to talk about the, the sequels and, and the remake. But apparently the gun, so the, the Wildy. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Wildy uh, 475 Magnum hand cannon. <laughs> okay. Apparently that was Bronson's personal gun. <laughs> and he <laughs> and he suggested we're gonna use it in the movie. Using it in the movie because it'll make the movie unique. Yeah. Apparently, every time the movie was shown on cable TV, that gun, the sales like skyrocketed. Oh wow. You gotta have Isn't one that of those. hilarious? You need one of those at home. Yeah. For home protection. Yeah. Um, did you see the the Bruce Willis? 
I never got around to watching it. Eli Roth directed it, yeah. Like, I almost want to watch it just to know. Yeah. Like, I, I hear it's I, shitty, but... Yeah, I've always had that in my mind. Like, at some point, I got to watch that. Thing. Um, Because, like, uh, are the sequels basically the same same concept? Uh, like, did you yeah. watch... Have you watched them all? I've watched them all, yeah. Um, yeah, more or less. Like, it's just him. He goes to whatever town. Yeah. He's got a love interest. Things don't go well for them. Right. He starts fighting whoever it is. I think the... I'm trying to remember which one. One of them he specifically is fighting Italian mafia guys. I think maybe that's the fifth one. Um, Oh, yeah. But yeah, there's... Is he in all of them? He's in all five of them. Not the remake. Well, obviously not the remake. That's Um, crazy. I think he's like... The last one, I think he's like 75 years old or something. Hey, whatever. In the fifth one. So It's in a wheelchair? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember there was like a Simpsons gag where they were like doing a, a trailer and it was like Death Wish 5,000 and then it showed him <laughs> in a hospital bed and he's like, I wish I was dead. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't know. I think like um, if you were to make this movie, like if I were remaking the movie or I was going to make a movie that played paid homage to this or like to the death wish franchise i i would probably do something like a mix of death wish dread and the raid oh yeah where it's like it's like the tenement building but the whole movie takes place in like one it takes place in in the complex and he's trapped in there yeah um i mean always a fun it's fun setup but it you know and it's the whole thing of like you know I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. Right. Right. And, right. and the gang leader can be like, you got a death wish or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you have that kind of concept and you can like, you know, he can set up booby traps kind of similar to what he does in this. And I don't know, it would just be fun. Cause it's basically, it's basically what's happening. Like they're in a certain community and it's like, a monster in the house. The the house is the community. And I like it because it's like, who's the monster? Is it the gang or is it, <laughs> or Bronson? Is it Bronson? Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> Although I'm not sure the movie has the subtlety to ask that. But, no, no, I know. But you end I know up that. asking yourself that. I, I'm asking. He, he like unleashes so much violence towards right? these people. And he likes it, right? Like this is what he gets off on now is going around and, and killing these people. These yeah. Scumbags. I mean, they should have had like the uh, the main villain. They should have shown a scene where he like goes back to his his like rundown uh, hangout and he's like playing with his kid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's like, children. oh, so like what's this gonna, guy's just what's going to happen to little Timmy now that <laughs> this guy's dead. This guy's just trying to support his. <laughs> Family. <laughs> and really see the other side, the human side. <laughs> I think that's precisely what they avoid doing in these movies. I know. James. I just, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> but. <laughs> well, you got to write it. <laughs> uh, and Bronson just kills the kid because. He kills the kid too. You should kill the kid first and be like, that's. <laughs> make him watch. Yeah, payback's a bitch. Tie him to a chair and make him watch. <laughs> Should have thought of that when you were killing everybody on the street. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Can't let him grow up to be just like you. 
no more freakers. <laughs> no more freakers. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, uh, shit. Anyways, should we get to the ratings or? Yeah, I don't. I think we covered pretty much everything. I mean, I love the way everything looks in this movie. The neighborhood, the punks. It's all just so '80s trashy. Love that stuff. Uh, and like, I love the decision to have their sign on their forehead. I yeah. just although I don't even think they ever even say what is the name of the gang. They never, no, they never really get around to that. No, we're the Red Line Two Dash Gang. Yeah. <laughs> They got a symbol, but we can't be bothered with a name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I guess I'll go first this time. Uh, I got plot at a six. I got action at an eight. Pacing seven. Uh, quotes and tropes six. And my reaction is an eight. So my overall score ends up being a seven. Nice. Yeah. I got uh, plot six. Action kills eight. Pacing six. Quotes and tropes six. Uh, my reaction's eight. Overall 6.8. We're pretty much the same. Yeah, it's pretty high. Uh, so overall score, 6.9. I mean, this is trash, let's be clear. But it's like the best kind of trash, at least to me. Like this Yeah, is... this is definitely fun trash. All right, 6.9, is that what I said? Yeah, 6.9. That's a big old tie. Oh, here we go. We got at 67, we got Lethal Weapon. Yeah. They Live. Oh, wow. Full Contact. Ooh, wow. Drug War. Right. Nobody. Mm. The Taking a Pound 123, uh, the 1974 version. Uh, Raiders. Oh, Riders of Justice. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Stone Cold. Stone Cold still down there. Battle Royale. Oh, these are all good movies. Predator, Predator 2. Also classic. Vanishing Point. <laughs> and The Hidden. Wow. All fun movies. Uh, you're going to give it to me again because that's too many movies. Okay. Uh, I, I knew where I knew where I was going to slide it in, but I'm now I got to hear the list again here. Okay, so Lethal Weapon, They Live, Full Contact, Drug War. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nobody. So that was the point for me. I think it was like after Full Contact, before Drug War. But that's where I would put it. What do you, you got something in mind? Um, I would put it. The problem is like, I think you would put it ahead of drug war, but you would put it after predator Two and stone cold and stuff like that. Exactly. And so would I, I mean, I would put it after stone cold as well, but because the list is the way that it is, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well to me, drug war shouldn't even be, uh, this high <laughs> at all. It's a really well made movie. It's, it's really, it is a good movie. It's just, it's not really it's not, action. It's not an action movie. movie. Yeah. Um, I would put it behind Predator 2. Yeah. In front of Vanishing Point. So, yeah. So I'm going to have to figure this out. You said you would put it behind Full Contact? Yeah. I had a drug war. Okay. So. I mean, I don't actually like it more than Stone Cold. Um, I'm not even sure I like it more than Predator 2, to be honest. But it's just the way the list is laying. Like, I would, I want it to be ahead of Drug War. Uh, I can't put it ahead of those those other movies like Full Contact and stuff. That's those are great movies. Lethal Weapon obviously is a classic movie, right? Which is actually probably too low on the list, but let's not get into that. 
Okay, so basically, it's tied with Riders of Justice. Oh, okay. So, would you put it ahead or behind Riders of Justice? Well, it's not anywhere near as good a movie as Riders of Justice, but I think no, it's... No, but like action-wise... As an action movie, it's I would put it ahead. Okay, so... It'll go ahead of Riders of Justice, right behind the Taken of Palm 1, 2, 3, so new number 73. Okay. Can live with that. On the hit list. Uh, on the huge list. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, so there you have it. New number 73. But what do you think about Death Wish 3? Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know. Action Action Podcast. Uh, but thanks for joining us. We, we got to hurry up and kill this episode so that we can start recording another one uh we had a good time but check us out on instagram like i said check out our letterboxd action action to see where what our list is how that's always growing and changing uh check us out on patreon action action if you want to sign up uh you can make us watch the movies you want to hear reviewed what, what kind of bullshit do you want us to watch um, so check us out on there and make sure you check out the BFOP network and all the other shows and uh, we'll catch you later bye